I don't know if you can, but can you get an order for ONS? That's O-N-S Junior Market. The address is 1934 East Anaheim. All the windows are busted out, and it's like a free-for-all here, and uh, the owner should be able to come down here and see if he can secure his business. That's right. This is Wrestling with Friends, the podcast where three lifelong friends discuss wrestling, the events in the ring that we love, and the business behind it. We talk about what beers and booze we're drinking and usually celebrate the fun of attending wrestling events. Um, Ethan, Sean, and I became friends about 25 years ago in the 1990s. Watching pro wrestling has always been a big part of our friendships. We watch and follow now in varying degrees, so this is our chance to catch up usually and reminisce about this form of entertainment and, you know, celebrate wrestling culture. This week feels pretty different to me. Um, recording these podcasts and hanging out with you guys um, has been a welcome distraction during the quarantine era. Um, but since then, the circumstances in the world have taken another consequential turn um, with people out in the streets everywhere protesting yet another case of police brutality and murder, this time um, in the ending of the life of George Floyd. So and Breonna um, Taylor. Yep, yep. Right yep. on the heels of right, right before that, Breonna Taylor also yeah. murdered in her bed. Yeah, it's it's literally hard to keep up with and terrifying. Um, yeah, so I'm Dave. I'm here in in Long Beach, Long Island, and that was Sean talking right there. And Sean's on in Los Angeles. Hey, Sean. Hey. Now you've been out actually. You've actually been out in the streets about there in LA leading some very successful peaceful protests. Um, yeah. And so the cops got involved maybe. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about what you've been seeing out there and experiencing? Uh, well, it was the worst to the first couple of days. Um, uh, the cops were extremely aggressive. They were angry that people were protesting against them. Um, uh, my girlfriend and her little brother both got hit with tear gas and they were on their knees with their hands up in the air. Uh, like, protesting just like sitting protesting and the cops just started shooting tear gas at them um the last i mean this has been going on for 12 days now uh and it doesn't seem to be slowing down i mean today well yesterday we had i think 20 or twenty thousand people marched in los angeles which is an insane number of people to do anything all at once in los angeles um and then today there was uh, a couple of different marches going on across the city i attended one um, and it was put together by, by high schoolers, by, uh, by Elizabeth's younger brother. And, uh, there was probably about like 500 people there. It was really impressive. And we marched down to, um, we marched down to the police station and then we blocked off traffic and we literally like got on our knees in the middle of the road and did a whole thing and did eight minutes of silence for George Floyd and, and then marched back to where we started and, there, and everyone went home and. It's been interesting. It's been – I walked five miles today. It's been the most exercise I've had uh, ever, but especially since quarantine started. Oh. And, Sean, I mean, yeah, no, it's – you know, it's it's been crazy seeing your stories, seeing – hearing the stories about what um, Elizabeth's been going through and some of our yeah. friends um, out there in the streets. Um, 
you were telling me the other day some great places that my wife and I were considering. We wanted we're looking for a good place to donate to that we wanted to contribute to some great places um, that we think would have impact that maybe aren't necessarily getting the attention they need right now. So, yeah. uh, you know, could you share for, for us again what, yeah. you know, where those places would be? Yeah, I will. And I'll also put them uh, in the text description on on wherever you get your podcasts from. They'll be down below. Uh, awesome. And we'll put it on our Twitter too, as well. Um, but there's a bunch of places. Uh, I mean, if you're if you can't remember any of the information and you can't be bothered to go to SoundCloud to look it up or your podcast app to look it up, just go to BlackLivesMatter.com and go to their partners page and there's a bunch of stuff there. So I would highly recommend that you start there. Um, but specifically, uh, there's um, there's an organization called the Ochre Project, uh, which uh, focuses its time um, on Black trans uh, women and men. Um, and you know, the, aside from the trans community already being incredibly marginalized, the, the black trans community is even more marginalized. Um, so that's like a great one to give to. And, and it's something that, you know, uh, right now, like NAACP is getting like flooded with giant donations from huge corporations, but places like the Okra project, um, need, need that, that kind of support as well. Um, and then there's also color of change, uh, which I think there's this color of change.org. Um, you should they're also great. They, they put together these really great campaigns, um, to try to hold people accountable for, uh, for, for racism and for police brutality. Um, and then there's also the, uh, uh, the Unidoc Black Network, um, which is, uh, which is also a really, really strong organization. It's basically a, um, uh, they help black people, um, develop like leadership skills. Um, and then they send them out back out to their communities where they then teach their communities, um, about advocacy and local organizing and cultivating like alliances to advance their political, uh, needs, um, and, and better, you know, their own lives. Um, so those are all really good organizations, but again, if you can't be bothered, just go to blacklivesmatter.com and look at partners and start there um, or at the very least read stuff. No, dude, thank you. Thank you, yeah. Sean. I appreciate it. I appreciate you sharing and I appreciate yeah. what you're doing out there, really. Yeah. Um, well, everyone counts or no one counts, you know? Yep. Yep. And now we have here Ethan, um, who specializes in intellectual property and social media law, our legal expert. Ethan, I know, of course, you've been following everything that's been going on, but you're in isolation right now. Um, in a different way, where can we find you these days? Yeah, I am still here in St. George, Utah. This will be my last episode from Southern Utah, and then I will be moving on. I have no idea where I'm going next, probably somewhere north. But things have been relatively calm here in St. George. It's a nice, quiet community. There were some protests, and the police were handing out popsicles to people who were protesting. Very friendly. Um, so... Just good, nice community here, people that care, and uh, yeah, go go Southern Utah. Pretty amazing that there was a protest even there. I, I was watching this thing on Rachel Maddow, and she was highlighting all of these, like, like Alaska, this small town in Alaska had a protest. This town in Idaho with 6,000 people total in the whole town had a protest, and like 500 people showed up. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, the police got it out of hand if people in Utah are protesting them. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know. yeah, it means <laughs> yeah. it means that everyone can see what's happening and and like that this 
this gaslighting of of black people and of people of color that's been happening where you know they're crying out for help and collectively they're being ignored or told that the problem is them or told that the problem is you know not as big as they think it is um i I think is starting to reverse a little bit i mean it was incredibly inspiring to see a bunch of high schoolers i was just thinking about like the whole time they were giving speeches and stuff they all wrote speeches and it was just really like i mean what were we doing in high school? Would we have been doing any of this in high school? Would we have given a shit? Like, you know, maybe if it was now and like things were as bad as they are, we would have. Um, But like, we didn't have access to social media or any kind of like, all we had was whatever narrative was being told to us by the news or by our parents. Um, So, you know, I just think like, it's sad on one hand that like, high schoolers have to spend a Saturday, you know, like a a day off in the summer, uh, like in the middle of their week when they should be out, like having fun. And they have to instead like give these long speeches about like social justice and systemic like racism in the system. And, you know, but on the other hand, it's super inspiring because it's all these young people that like definitely are more active than we were. Yeah. Well, you know, as, and as two of us, two of us are alums of, uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, I think, and, you know, Sean, you also being from the area, you could definitely, it is inspiring to see the power of these student activists who are infinitely more capable and getting more shit done and awe-inspiring than we ever were or continue to be, to be honest. We lived in South Florida and we got lost one night trying to find Miami, South Beach. So... (laughs) (laughs) But what we really found was ourselves. We couldn't even pull South Beach off, guys. (laughs) Well, well, the last thing the world needs now is three white dudes opining on the state of uh, race relations. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't seem quite right to do our typical run of wrestling news um, as there's much more things important uh, going on in the world right now. But this is a wrestling podcast, so I thought we could discuss some of the history of problematic to outright racist bullshit that has peppered this form of entertainment, but also mm-hmm. celebrate the strides of progress it's taken and the brave voices speaking out now and maybe throw some slight shade on any hypocrisy we may perceive. Um, but we just think that the time to not talk about this is long passed over. So we're going to do what little we are able to do yeah. and, you know, bring this to light as much as we can. Yeah. Um, I mean, in short, major, in short, major part of this movement is that, right? Is exactly. White people being acknowledging and being told like, all right, guys, it's time for you to start doing more than just retweeting our memes and yeah. like actually talk about this stuff. So I'm all for this. I think this is a great idea. So what um, do you want to do? What, where yeah. should we start? Well, I mean, like <laughs> this week it's, you know, um, <laughs> this week, Brandy Orton is in this nice little Twitter beef with uh, Tommaso Ciampa, but like, I'm actually way more interested in the fact that Randy Orton came out with a, with a tweet in support of black lives matter to really put it to sum up this episode. But as I saw Ethan doing his best Kurt Angle impression and chugging some milk right there, I do have to ask, uh, are we drinking tonight? Uh, I walked five miles today. I've been chugging water. Like I, like I never drank it before. Cool. 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 I've not started drinking yet, but, uh, while, while Ethan talks about whatever health drink he's drinking, I will go get the whiskey. (laughs) You know, 
I'm just going to keep it classy and drink this high quality H2O out of this two gallon jug. Oh, okay. That's water. Okay. It looked like you were yeah. talking milk for a second, which I was like. It, I, if you ask Dan Teicher, you will know I am lactose intolerant. And while not medically diagnosed as lactose intolerant, it, it the evidence shows <laughs> that I am, I am, I am lactose intolerant and therefore this is not milk. This is, this is, this episode is brought to us by our friends at Mount Olympus Natural Spring Water. No, it's not. Um, ah, perfect. I, uh, I came back just at the right time with my whiskey. I see Ethan is plugging this week's, uh, uh, health trend. Water. It's water. It's water. I'm drinking a six point, uh, crisp Pilsner. It's delicious. And it helps with all the pain and rage that's in my head. Um, so yeah. So um, first, I think let's look at the good. Almost universally across the board, all the major wrestling organizations are coming out in support of Black Lives Matter. And that is progress, however surface level it may seem, for the wrestling industry. Like Sunday night on the um, uh, or Sunday night at the NXT event, Keith Lee came, wore a Black Lives Matter jacket to the ring as a baby face. This would be unimaginable to me in, at a WWE show a few years ago. I mean, if there was a pro-black group like the Nation of Domination, they were exclusively treated as scary heels prior to this. So, you know, that is progress. Um, Big E, who has been, you know, just I, I really admire him a lot. He didn't accept Hulk Hogan's BS non-apology a couple of years ago when the WWE started bringing him back. Um, I think they've actually come kind of come to an understanding since then but he's just been out there making tons of contributions to the nc the naacp empowerment programs um donating you know to justice for george floyd and and doing all that stuff so that's awesome to see um and really really having some really um educating tweets i i i, I just really recommend you check out at wwe big e um and read what he's been dropping because i think if you can't understand it after that, you're not going to, you have cold heart. He, uh, he, one of his tweets, he brought up the, um, uh, black wall street massacre in Tulsa. Yeah. Uh, which it is more familiar to people now because of a comic book show than TV it was. Show, yeah. Yeah. Than it was, to, uh, people, you know, a, a year and a half ago. Um, I, like I can't tell books. you how many, how many people did not hear uh, or did not know that there was a massacre in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1921 um, yeah. before The Watchmen uh, on HBO, which yeah. opened with the uh, Tulsa massacre? Yeah, and the New Day's most recent episode of their Feel the Power podcast, it's a must, much, must listen. Um, it's very emotional. And you know they say therapeutic. Look at their experience and the experiences of black men and women in this country. I definitely – recommend yeah. it um the rock the biggest star on the planet the first wwf champion of african-american of, of african-american descent tore into the president on his instagram and social media cha uh, channels about his lack of leadership great to see the rock lay the smackdown on uh donald trump's rudy poo candy ass yeah um, i do wish he would have told him to turn something sideways and shove it up his ass but he didn't he didn't, didn't do that. He, yeah, he didn't get as far as sodomizing himself. But No, but I do wish he would have said that. Yeah, yeah. If there was ever a time to say that, it's when you're addressing Donald Trump. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. I agree. You 
turn Jared Kushner sideways and stick him sideways straight up his head. Yes. <laughs> um, um, now, my favorite, my hero, Kevin Nash, was going in all in on Twitter, tweeting about the violent racism of the Detroit Police Department that he witnessed throughout his childhood uh, in inner city Detroit. He posted memes about cops being Klansmen. Um, you know, so often our heroes in this industry disappoint us, and it's great for me to see U.S. Army veteran Kevin Nash sharing my crazy lefty values. So big ups to Big Sexy. Yep. I've been following the, his account uh, just to channel his rage because it's great. You can see that he's clearly very angry, and this obviously is something that hits very close to home for him. Yep. Um, and, and that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so my dog, my dog Diesel. Yep. <laughs> um, now, another powerful force for good in this world is the K-pop group BTS and their fans, the uh, BTS Army. Yes. Who do who raise like a million dollars uh, in support of Black Lives Matter, and then their fans went to match that, and they got to their goal because of John Cena. The super Cena, the uh, the baby face in real life uh, guy who is just awesome and always with it, and so that's really cool to see as well. Well, they did so. BTS Army, uh, they first they they matched that donation, uh, that million dollar donation in under uh, twenty four hours, which is pretty amazing. Um, and also, they've been contributing uh, to the war against racist police. Uh, by and racism in general um, online by flooding hashtags. Of, yes. Uh, they've been flooding raci- racist hashtags and QAnon hashtags um, and Antifa hashtags, uh, all with uh, pictures of K-pop stars dancing. It's just really been sexy K-pop boys. Just it's like really been incredible. So like if you're part of this alt-right community and you go to Twitter and you're like, oh, I'm going to look up uh, – you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up you know fucking QAnon and see what's going on. Uh, <laughs> now, when you Google, when you like search QAnon hashtag on Twitter, uh, it's just millions and millions of these K-pop stands um, tweeting things like, "Oh, are you looking for racism? You won't find it here." And then just like video of like a sexy like BTS dude like doing an awesome dance. It's <laughs> the best. It's the best thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome for K-pop. And our big takeaway is that uh, Sean and I find the BTS guys very, very sexy. They're very uh, handsome. They are. They're really, really, yeah, really good, good looking yeah. guys. Um, yeah. Um, now, Sami Zayn gave a very ska fan, perf- the perfect ska fan tweet response to this. One that, yep. um, you know, he just posted April 26, 1992. And if yep. you're a child of the 90s like us, then you know all of the rest of the words that, yep. um, um, you know, which is actually obviously a, um, a reference to the sublime classic about the L.A. riots um, yep. and about their participation in it, um, yep. uh, you know, which is actually obviously, um, you know, in reaction to police brutality against Rodney King. Yep. Um, yep. And, and also within the lyrics of that song has an excellent explanation for the um, – for the looting and for the poverty 
the, the, the poverty driven motivation behind looting that, that it's not, it's not like we want to destroy things. It's like, we literally have nothing. So we're going to take things that we don't have because everything is being taken from us. Yeah. That's a great song. It's one he of saw, one of He best. saw her mother go into the store and he saw her when she came out, she was getting some pampers. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, so Sammy Zane's, you know, Awesome, awesome dude. Um, now here's the shitty. Um, Jack's son Riker, um, who's a part of the gimmick. Um, their gimmick is the Forgotten Sons, and they're basically like a you know WWE G rated version of an all right nationalist yeah. militia. Yeah. Um, he tweeted. Now he's really living the gimmick. He wrote, "Thankful for the POTUS we have. God bless America, built of freedom, forgotten no more." Which is their catchphrase. Um, Now, first of all, how ridiculously bad of a WWE creative name is Jackson with a (laughs) J-A-X-S-O-N? Like, the X or the S are not – they're both not needed. So that's just – that's the least important thing here. But, um, you know, Sammy Zayn came right back at him and was like literally – it was not built of freedom, literally built of oppression, which is true. Yep. you know, we had Ricochet responding, basically like, I know you play a bad guy on TV, but I'd be really sad if this is how you really feel. Yep. Kevin Owens said, I should tell you, I think pushing your shitty wrestling catchphrase as all this is happening is absolutely fucking pathetic, <laughs> which, get him. Uh, Mustafa Ali, a former Chicago Police Department officer, wrote, I'm thankful you posted this because I'm now aware of what you stand for when black brothers and sisters are crying. You praise someone that refuses to acknowledge their hurt. Uh, that's, yeah, that gets you. And then, Sh- Sean, your boy Ryan Nemeth, uh, <laughs> formerly, he, he wrote, this brain-dead milkshake of a tweet reads like you shook your phone and words just fell out randomly. <laughs> and then he posted a link of where you could uh, donate for Black Lives Matter. So, yeah, your boy Ryan Nemeth. Now, it's interesting because his brother Dolph, people, you know, he has a reputation. He's on Fox sometimes as a contributor, and sometimes, yep. you know, he has a, a bit of a conservative standpoint. Yep. Uh, have you seen anything from him on this? Nope. No. All right. Well, I have not yet. No, I mean, I don't know one way or the other if he has, but yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I haven't. Yeah, I don't know either. No. If, if he has, I haven't seen it. Uh, maybe, maybe he said something about it, but I haven't seen him say anything yet, personally. Sure, sure, sure. Now, there's the ambiguously hypocritical or the outright <laughs> hypocritical. Uh, Triple H, the McMahons, their relationship with the Trumps, the guys who are signing all these pay- their paychecks, uh, some of the biggest donors, uh, members of the cabinet, all that stuff. Um, but a lot of people seem to be moved by Triple H's backstage talk to the roster after the In Your House event. Um, like a lot of people were coming out and saying like, they really respected it. They really felt appreciated that they can come to him at any time. So take that for what it's worth. Um, you know, Triple H has, to me, he's kind of sketchy and problematic as uh, history, history wise. I mean, uh, we, they, they were in blackface. Uh, we all remember that when they were uh, imitating the nation of domination and they were in blackface. I don't know if they show that in the best of DX clips anymore, but it used to be like right there front and center. Um, and then like his logo is the fucking iron cross, which 
I know it gets used as bikers and stuff, but like, you know what? It's the fucking it is what it is. Nazi emblem. Yep. <laughs> like, that's what it yep. is. It's, it's, you know. Call it what it is. Call it space bade. <laughs> I don't think Triple H is a Nazi, obviously, but, um, you know, it's a very, it's, a, it's, I, I would, I'd drop the Iron Cross, bro. <laughs> yeah, maybe change your iconography. Yeah. Um, now, Tony Khan, Tony Khan running the, the, the president of AEW, um, got got to Linda McMahon, who I mean, not Linda McMahon, Linda Hogan, wrong Linda, uh, Linda Hogan, who wrote the absolutely disgusting tweet of ugh, it's like that. It's all African Afro Americans looting and just 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 disgusting. I don't even want to repeat what she said. Um, and then Tony Khan responded, "You've now joined your husband in being banned from all AEW shows." And then someone pulled Tony Khan aside and had to explain that. Hulk Hogan and Linda Hogan had been divorced for 400 years. Like 15 years. Yeah. Like, like it's all, you know, like, <laughs> and like Hulk Hogan, I think just wrote back like, okay. Now like, <laughs> it's easy Hulk to make Hulk Hogan. Who's Linda? <laughs> it, it's easy to make Hulk Hogan look like a buffoon on racial matters and, you know, an insensitive racist. I don't know if Tony Khan did a good job on this one. Um, you know, I mean, yeah. look, the message was there and that's what's, that's what matters. I think the message was clear and it was like, fuck you, you and your racist husband can go fuck yourselves or ex-husband or whatever. Like, I think the message was very clear. And then he clarified it later. Someone asked him what, it, you know, why is Hogan not welcome? And, and he flat out said like what Hogan said on the tape long before this, like, cause Hogan's a piece of shit and Linda Hogan's a piece of shit. They're all pieces of shit. Terrible people. <laughs> Boo. Down with Hulk Hogan forever. Now, I'm sorry I was ever a fan. Now, now Tony Khan, when he did clarify it, though, he, I, he said, how can I look my black friends, football players, employees in the face after the things Hulk said and was never given an adequate apology for? Yeah. Um, that's a little, seems also like... How can I face my black employees well, if I didn't saying, do this? And no, my no, football, saying, my football I, I think what players. he's saying is, is if he worked with him. I think he's saying like, if I worked, if I worked with Hogan, how could I ever then turn around to any of the black people in my life and face them, knowing that like I'm employing a flagrant racist? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, again, I no, I no, think, I, I, I get it. Know, I get yeah, it. I think he's right. How could he? Like, I think that every time I see Hulk Hogan do anything with the WWE, I don't understand how Vince McMahon can co-sign that dude and be okay with it. Other than to say, oh, I guess Vince McMahon is also a racist. <laughs> well, it is worth mentioning that Shad Khan also donated Tony's dad and the money behind AEW donated $1 million to Trump's uh, inauguration. Yep. Um, fund um, as of October of last year, he was yeah. saying that he still supported him on economic issues, which great call there. Um, so, you know, put your money where your mouth is cons. Stop casting aspersions. And I've heard on, I've heard the young bucks talk on Jericho's podcast, who we'll get to in a second. And like the young bucks who are VPs of, of AEW say that like, Hulk Hogan's the best ever. They want to work with him. That's their biggest goal. So obviously not um, uh, everyone out totally on the same page there. Maybe um, Chris Jericho tweeted out an all lives matter thing. It was, you know, very 
stupid white guy Canadian of him. Um, no offense to my uh, s- stupid Canadian friends. Um, but um, after seeing that, um, after seeing that, um, a concerned uh, fan who runs a spot, a YouTube channel called Spot Callers named Shannon Williams posted this very thought, made this very thoughtful video explaining Black Lives Matter as a black wrestling fan about a lot of the exclusion and issues that, you know, the experiences that he would experience as a black wrestling fan. And then um, they found out that they, Jericho had blocked him afterwards, which (laughs) seems like a bad move. I mean, you know, that's not enough really. No, it's really, it's, it's a disappointment for sure. He needs to talk to his friend, Lance Storm, who is woke as fuck. Um, I've heard Lance Storm posting about white privilege, black lives matter for a while. So Lance Storm, let's hear it for that. <laughs> um, Ethan, you hear about any of this? Yeah, totally. I mean, I stopped following Jericho a few weeks ago on Instagram, so I didn't catch this happening. I didn't unfollow him because of this situation. So I read about it in the show notes and uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, the whole, the whole stance of anybody saying that all lives matter in response to black lives matter is tone deaf at, absolute best and insensitive wrong and just disgusting at worst. So I'm very surprised that someone like Jericho, who seems to be someone that has the ability to level with, to be smarter than that. So I am a little bit surprised um, for sure. You know, nobody said all lives matter until people started saying black lives matter. If someone had walked up to you in 1987 and said all lives matter, you would have looked at them like they had a brain injury. You would have been like, who's questioning if lives matter or not? It's not, it was, it was never, it was never a statement that someone would just arbitrarily make. No one was advocating against lives. So the idea that, that all lives matter is some type of movement. It's not, it is an anti-movement. It is literally a response to status quo. Yeah. (laughs) It's the threat of someone saying like, Oh, black lives matter. Like it's, it's ridiculous. It's a crazy thing to say. (laughs) I mean, do do all lives matter? Of course they do. Are all lives being persecuted now and in our, our country's history at the level that they're happening? Of course not. Like it's just, it it is, It is at, at, at absolute, looking at this in the absolute best possible light, you've got someone trying to be neutral in a situation who is misguided. And at its worst, it's a racist, it, it is a racist response to what's happening in the Black Lives Movement matter. I mean, that's just at best and at worst. And at its best, it's not good. And I, and I just hope that those people that choose to to use that as part of their conversation here are at least on the scale of the spectrum of just not trying to take a stand one way or the other and trying to, to, to be there as opposed to on the, the terrible side of the line. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just feel like if you're trying not to take one stance or the other, just don't take any stance. Like, right. I, there's plenty of people that haven't said anything one way or the other. And it's like, no one's going after the people that haven't said anything. It, it's almost, I mean, it's the time to say something. It's the time to say something or don't, but like to say the it's wrong the thing time. is ridiculous and, uh, and inexcusable. And 
you know, I mean, if we weren't already all aware that Jericho was like <laughs> the trashy garbage man, <laughs> I think like he made it very clear uh, that he's well, a there goes man. our invite to the third annual Chris Jericho cruise. <laughs> there's no oh, good fucking chance in hell before the covid thing i was ever getting on a cruise ship with a bunch of wrestling fans <laughs> no you said last year that we could go and i was like great you're like no no i didn't mean that we could go this year i meant that we could go next year Duff now there's a lot of for- things <laughs> and Duff man and then covid happened yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there so was no the, reason for me to get married other than to have a bachelor party on the Chris Jericho cruise, and now there is no reason. <laughs> make That's sure the only circumstance I would go. Make sure if you go on that cruise, you wear your All Lives Matter uh, life vest. <laughs> I mean, if someone's drowning and 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 they have to rescue them, you have to yell, "No, rescue everybody!" Yeah, <laughs> that guy's life doesn't matter. Everyone's life matters. Hey, why are you rescuing that person? Yeah, come give me the boat in case I drown. Yeah, give me the lifeboat. Yeah, yeah. Throw me the life ring. <laughs> um, Batista watched the video and commented on it and said, "Like everything you said is valid AF." Um, I lost. Um, I, I can't speak for anyone, but I believe when people post all lives matter, they mean well, but they are severely missing the point. I lost over 11,000 followers very recently on Instagram, and I hope they never come back. Hashtag speak up. Hashtag black lives matter. Yep. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people posting about how many followers they've lost, and I have yet to see anyone say anything other than good riddance. Goodbye. Peace, Peace out. Peace yeah. out. Um, Batista's, I mean, at least once a day, Batista – tweets fuck you to donald trump i love batista it's, it's great in some way shape or form donald trump will tweet something and batista will retweet it and he'll and he'll be like what is this this guy's a fucking idiot yeah. <laughs> he's he seems every day to be as exasperated as the rest of us are with yeah. the moronic things that come out of the the president's mouth mm, you know randy orton was by, by all accounts and all lives matter blue lives matter ignoramus a few years ago um during like the Trayvon Martin first um, beginnings of the BLM movement. Um, um, and he came out with just a straight up unambiguous black lives matter, got a lot of heat from it, from his ignorant, some ig- members of his, of his ignorant fan base. And uh, he stood proud behind it. And, you know, a lot of his colleagues and peers are saying that he's a changed man. Uh, he's yeah. woke as they say. So, you know what? Good for progress. Good for change. Yep. Good for Randy Orton with yep. uh, progressive out of nowhere. Being progressive out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I I am uh, pretty sure Randy Orton is a truther, a uh, 9-11 truther. Um, <laughs> well, no, AJ listen, Styles is a flat earther. I mean, look, if you're – if you are for the cause of less black people being indiscriminately murdered by police, then you can believe whatever other random crazy shit you, you also do. want to believe. Yeah, like, that's fine. That's fine. We'll take whatever we can get at this point because that's the only thing that's going to affect any changes. And, and, and it already has is, is like just the pure number of people that, that are getting behind this cause uh, sure. are causing – suddenly politicians are moving very quickly, much quicker than we've seen politicians move. Now, now to the WWE's credit, currently most of their champions – and it's been trending this way for a while – 
are people of color with the Street Profits and the New Day both holding their respective tag team titles. Sasha Banks being part of the SmackDown Women's Tag Team Championship team. Asuka being the SmackDown Women's Champion. I mean, the Raw Women's Champion. Uh, Apollo Crews winning the United States Championship. Keith Lee's reign as the NXT North American Champion. Io Shirai as the NXT Women's Champion. And of course, R Truth being the greatest 24 7 champion ever. 24 uh, 7 champion ever. Um, so actually, that's like most of their, of their championships. Um, so that's great. But it wasn't always that way. Um, it took a long time for there to be from one of the big, big two WCW, WWF, WWE to have a black heavyweight champion. And that was uh, in WCW in the early 90s, and it was Ron Simmons. Isn't that right, Ethan? That is right. The the first major wrestling federation black world heavyweight champion. He defeated our man, Big Van Vader, for the belt. Yeah. Oh, my God. What time is it, by the way? It's Vader Vader time. Okay. All right. Like, it's my guy. Sorry. Um, Right. They, yeah, when Ron Simmons won the belt, it was probably one of the biggest pops from an audience of all time. The locker room emptied. All the faces came out, put him up on his shoulder. It was a, it was a big moment for major professional wrestling. It was an incredibly emotional moment. It was a severely long overdue moment. But to have Ron Simmons, who has really represented the black community in both him himself, but in his various different types of characters over the year, um, you know, couldn't have been a better person to lead that charge and to be the, the face and, and the first, the first, uh, you know, big major champion from the big wrestling federations. Ethan, what year was that? I think it was like 92, 92 or 94, somewhere in that range. <laughs> Wait, the first black world champion was in 1992. So, so there were guys mm-hmm. like Bearcat Wright and Bobo Brazil who won world yeah. heavyweight titles in lesser known territorial days, like back in the 60s and before that, 50s and 60s. Bobo Brazil even won the NWA World Championship, but it was not officially recognized as a as a reign because in kayfabe he would not accept it because he defeated Buddy Rogers, who was injured at the time. So he was being too noble, but really, like, they wouldn't give him the, the belt, really. <laughs> now, now, when Simmons and, you know, Bobo Brazil, I remember my grandpa talking about him, like, one of the few wrestlers that was mentioned in my house. Like, he was, uh, he was a huge beloved star um, back in the day. Um, now, you talked about Ron Simmons winning it from Vader, whose manager was Harley Race. Um, Harley Race said... Now, Harley Race is just a racist-sounding name. Like, I don't know yeah. if Harley Race is racist <laughs> or not, although if I had to bet. <laughs> but, like, that just sounds like a racist name. He's yes. like, yeah. But uh, he said, when I was world champion, I had a boy like you to carry my bags, which obviously Ooh. he's being a bad guy heel and getting heat, but, like, not cool. That's not – That's not. Yes. I'm glad we're not doing that. Ugh, ugh. That, sh- that shit gotta go- is gone. It's a terrible bit. <laughs> terrible, terrible. Now, the WWF didn't have a world heavyweight champion until 1998, who was black. And that was, again, The Rock. Um, yep. You know, and, you know, um, 
Yeah. So, and you know, it wasn't until years later that Kofi Kingston had his, yep. uh, he won our hearts in his amazing run to the championship, to the WWE championship in 2019. Now Booker yep. T will tell you he is the five time, five time, five time, five time, five time, uh, world heavyweight champion, uh, because he was that in both WCW and WWE. So, you know, Booker T is also an amazing world champion. Um, yep. Yeah, but now while there's been some that's some great progress and some amazing stuff, I mean that's you know inspiring stuff. This is let's talk about some of the bullshit from wrestling's past. Some well, don't uh, forget, don't forget our truth as Ron Killings was a two-time TNA World Heavyweight Champion before he came to the WWE as well. So can't leave out our man, our truth. When when our truth made the transition from Ron Killings to our truth, he was at the top. Of, he was at the top of the TNA game. Um, he was Ron Killings was there was their champ for a while. So can't yeah. can't discount that. Didn't want to leave that. And also in the history books on the last Monday Nitro in WCW's history, not only was Booker T the World Heavyweight Champion, but he was also the United States Champion, carrying both belts to the end of the company. Oh, there you go. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so those are great. And those are some of the great moments that we could be proud of in, w- in wrestling history, uh, as checkered as they may be. Um, but yeah, this is some of the bullshit that I'm glad is gone and should have never happened in the first place. When Mr. USA Tony Atlas came to the WWF in 1991, they gave him the role of um, an, a tribal headhunter named Saba Simba. Um, it's like one of the most racist shit I've ever seen in wrestling. I'm not saying it. I'm saying a lot. Like, um, it, it was, I mean, it was, I can't even describe it. was so bad. But if you look up Sapa Simba, I was watching like WWE Network one night, like just watching an old Royal Rumble or something. And then I saw Tony Atlas come out like that. And I was just like, what the fuck? This is terrible. But really is, I want to know who came up with that gimmick. Like, it wasn't that long ago, and I listened to a lot of wrestling podcasts. And on these podcasts, all these people are all taking credit for, I came up with Kane's gimmick, I helped with The Undertaker, I did this, I did that. So who came up with Tony Atlas should be the most racist African caricature you could come up with? Please identify yourself. Someone knows. (laughs) Somebody knows. Um, and then, of course, like equally bad was Kamala, billed from the dark heart of Africa. I think he was from Mississippi. But um, he was accompanied to the ring by a dude in a safari hat named Kimchi, who is his handler. And at one point, um, I believe, chased Kimchi around with a spear. So, again, Kamala, really terrible, racist, terrible stuff. But... We do know who came up with that gimmick because it was Jerry the King Lawler um, who came up with it. And he was recently um, on um, a WWE broadcast calling a somersault by Akira Tozawa a ramen noodle moonsault. So a lot of progress, but some things have never changed, like Jerry Lawler being a racist creep. Um. 
Now, Charles Wright is interesting to me because they made him a voodoo doctor. I do not believe he practiced Santeria. Let's see how many sublime references we can get into this one. <laughs> um, but then he became an ultimate fighting machine for a while, and then he became a pimp. Yeah. Now, yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, um, there are there are too many. Uh, black pimps in entertainment and media it's it became oversaturated to a point where it became parody um i mean that was the double it was a double whammy of being like really sexist and pretty racist Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. that said that said i um was at a bachelor party in las vegas in about 2008 and i was stumbling out of a establishment called sapphire and standing there, smiling at me, wishing me a good night, was the goddamn Godfather. Uh, like, I just looked at him. I was like, guy looks just like the Godfather. What the hell? I mean, obviously, I was not in the clearest mental state. But then I read afterwards that he was had a financial state in Sapphire. So you know, <laughs> he was living the gimmick, as they say, as well. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, Harlem Heat, this is up there. This is pretty, pretty racist. Yeah. Um, they were originally supposed to come out in chains until somebody from TNT was like, do not put this on our network. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and their their manager was the human personification of the racist white man, Colonel Tom Par- Parker. Um, he claimed to have won the Harlem Heat in a card game. Ay, ay, ay. Um, we all know yeah. Virgil, obviously. Oh, Virgil, who won his I, freedom. I remember I was at a wrestling event uh, when I was younger. And uh, Virgil, this was when Virgil, this was right around the same time that Virgil like was mad at the way Ted DiBiase was treating him. And he was trying to break off. Yeah. And then, well, he wasn't treated well at all. He was treated terribly. And then he, I believe... <clears throat> I believe somehow Roddy Roddy Piper got involved. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I just remember being at an event where it was either Piper or Ted DiBiase were asking Virgil to lick the shit off of their boot. And I remember being very uncomfortable at the time, not really understanding why, but just feeling like very uneasy about the whole power dynamic. Like it was like too much humiliation for me. Yeah. <laughs> Racially yeah. charged humiliation. Uh, yeah, Virgil was not a well-respected character. Uh, he was not treated well. Now, does anybody follow? Does anybody follow Virgil on Instagram? No, you must because it's amazing. He has recreated himself as Meat Sauce Jones. He's obsessed <laughs> with the Olive Garden. He talks about how his meat sauce is so thick. That the Undertaker used to come up to him and say, "Hey, how can I have a WrestleMania streak?" And it's just—it's all self-aware. He's like, "You want to talk to me? Give me money." It's amazing. <laughs> Virgil like has embraced it all, and it's—it's it's awesome. And this is the point where I tell you that, like, I watched like a half of a football game, kind of at a comic book convention with Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty interesting. He he did not ask me for any money. He just we were just talking about the Miami Dolphins offense. Um, so yeah. Um, now obviously, I think you know we could talk about there's racism in in wrestling. You know, towards 
um, you know, and discrimination against people of all stripes and colors. Um, you know, uh, Hispanic people have gotten it. Women have gotten it. Um, LGBTQ people have gotten Asian it. Asian people of Asian all persuasions. Awfully, yeah, of all persuasions. Yep. 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 Um, yep. So. Middle yeah. Eastern people. Um, but um, there is a group as you, um, a group that is often super overlooked, like you said before about, um, about people who are about um, black people. Uh, people who are trans that um, they're marginalized within a marginalized society um, culture and um, black women are also um, especially marginalized. So um, I was looking this up in the hall of fame of WWE and there's exactly one black woman in the WWE hall of fame. And that is Jacqueline who got in a few years ago. Jacqueline's awesome. She's amazing. I can't believe there's not, any other black woman that they could have found. Um, You know, not many black women have gotten real opportunities in the WWE. So there's not that many that would have really gotten, uh, you know, really the chance to be there. But in the history of wrestling, there were some um, trailblazers who were the first black women's professionals wrestling wrestlers like Ethel Johnson, Babs Wingo, Kathleen Wimbley, and Marva Scott. So I just wanted to give them a shout out. It's cool. hard to believe that WWE doesn't have a spot for them in their legacy ring of their uh, of their, of their Hall of Hall Fame. Of fame. Yeah. And then also um, uh, Mildred Burke became one of the most popular athletes in the world during World War II, like League of Their Own style. When uh, all the men were at war, she was like one of the most popular stars in the world So as a wrestler. So, you know, yeah. I think if you got room, f- uh, you know, Maybe get rid of Donald Trump and put some of these people in your professional wrestling hall of fame. Yeah, some people that actually contributed in significant ways to wrestling and not just like gimmicks. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, dude, what about like so many Asian stereotypes, so many Middle Eastern stereotypes? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it was built on. Oh my god, shit. dude! Like it, it's like the like wrestling's history is like an elephant graveyard of like racism bombs. <laughs> well, it's great seeing performers now get characters that aren't just stereotypical. Ember Moon gets to be like a mystical werewolf creature. Yep. Uh, Bobby Lashley gets to be just like a beast. The New Day gets to be magical unicorn cosplayers. Yeah. Um, as opposed to Michael Hayes used to say that being black is your gimmick. And yeah. he probably didn't use the word black, um, yeah. as, according to reports. Yeah. Um, so it's awesome to get to see these people, uh, these characters, performers, uh, you know, really shatter expectations and be really, really, really successful at it. Like the new day. Um, yeah. But I still think there's some shit we got to get rid of. Um, yeah. Why does every black wrestler got to dance? They yep. make them all dance. It seems yep. like until like recently they've stopped. They've stopped making them all have to dance. And why does Michael Cole say about every black wrestler that they love to have fun? Like I don't know what that's <laughs> code for, but it sounds like it's code for something. <laughs> he just loves to have fun. It means like he's black. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No. I mean. There, there is a long way to go in the wrestling world, in everywhere. In right? every world. Equal representation um, behind the scenes, too. You know, I mean, 
like we know that wrestling is like a very insular uh, incestual world of like friends and families and people carnies. like staying yeah carnies keeping it together and staying in the business until they're 182 and and drop dead on the road um but mm-hmm. i think that like if you had more people of color, if you had more black people, Asian people behind the scenes, you yep. would see a difference uh, on camera as well. In the yep. ring. That's what it comes down to across yep. society. Always. Um, yeah. And, you know, before we were talking about um, some social some social justice causes you can contribute to. But if you're mm-hmm. a wrestling fan and you're just a wrestling fan that wants to support some black wrestlers on prowrestlingtees.com. It's a store which we have no affiliation with. Um, nope. They actually made a pretty tasteless, uh, a, a kind of a, a stupid post on the days of the riots. Like, this is our seventh anniversary. We have to board up our windows, which was like, oh, poor you. But they do have stores where wrestlers are able to sell their their shirts. Um, and, you know, they're getting a lot of them. It's a big part of their income now. So you could support um, wrestlers like Mark Henry, Ahmed Johnson, um, Big Swole from AEW, Booker T, yep. Brandy Rhodes, Charles Wright, the Godfather, JTG and the estate of Shad Gaspard, who we were talking about, you know, recently and so many others. If you want to just, you know, get out there and support our yeah. black and brown brothers and sisters. Yeah, and if you if you listened to this and you haven't been out to a protest yet and you haven't donated money anywhere, at the very least take some of your white guilt and and purchase some items directly from these great black wrestlers who I'm sure want your money regardless of uh, how much you're unwilling to confront your own racism. And it's okay because we're all racist. We all have it. And it's better to just talk about it and confront it then stay in denial and bury your head in the sand and not help people that are crying out in need of help. Well, what, what I've, what I've really learned right now is not just like, and, and I love this. I think this is such a great lesson is that it's not enough to just not be racist. You can't be just not racist anymore. You have to be anti-racist. Yep. And I think that's a great um, direction for us to move in for everyone yep. to move in. And, uh, but especially, you know, us three white guys that are talking about uh, that are talking about all this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, look, it's, it's, I think it's healthy for us to talk about it. And I think it's healthy for us to be able to feel comfortable and have, you know, anyone that listens to this also see that there's other people that feel comfortable, like talking about it and confronting it. And, you know, because that's the only way to make sure that it, it, goes away, you know, is, is to have everyone on the same page of like, Hey, this is just a socially universal thing that like, we're not going to stand for anymore. And Absolutely. we're all going to speak up when we see it and when it happens. And we're all going to think about how we help contribute to it. And we're going to actively try to change it. Um, and that starts even in, in wrestling, even in, it's in everything that you do is, is thinking about you know, really taking the extra time to think about like, man, how many black wrestlers do I see? Or how many black fans do I see at this event with me? And why aren't they here? Why don't they feel more welcome? Yeah, I mean, actually, I think that what I see from, I mean, I go to wrestling events in Brooklyn, but sure. like, it's it's a very diverse um, group of yeah. fans. And it seems to be 
it seems like WWE has realized that, and uh, that's why yes. it's been very practical for them to push so many stars, so many talented stars of different backgrounds. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think WWE is definitely moving in the right direction. I know I'm often very hard on Vince and the company, but I do think that like we've seen over the last 10 years a real effort to diversify and to give time to other people other people that aren't just like the white dudes and that, and, and, and also to not do it in a way that's just exploiting the fact that they're black or, you know, playing up stereotypes. So it's good. It's good to see the progress. And I hope that 12 days of protests and counting, um, and all these conversations, I know everyone's timeline has been flooded with this stuff. I mean, I would hope that at the very least it flushes all the racists, out and back down into the ground where they where they can stay you know and i like when they identify themselves i want to know i want racist keep on telling me who you are please (laughs) please keep on telling me who you are dave's making a list (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so um i got my retro shirt of the week with changing the flavor changing the vibe a lot what's your shirt this is a complete black wrestler no it's it's not it's unfortunately it's not i know that would have been like the perfect uh yeah no i know but yeah no i mean there's a problem right there i mean i have new shirts but i don't have any retro shirts uh Mm -hmm. that would fit that um but yeah um Retro shirt of the week is actually it's a bit of a twist. It is not a wrestler shirt, but it's a shirt that a wrestler wore a lot to the ring. This is a vintage 1994 Sandman DC Comics the Sandman shirt that Raven wore to the ring every you know throughout the 90s. Um, and I was thinking about that because I got these kick ass pair of. Uh, ECW sweatpants, so from Chalkline. So I was just thinking about Raven. That's cool. Hell yeah! What shirt is it? It's it's of Sandman. It's of Morbius. Of course, you see it. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's the same shirt that didn't get me laid throughout high school. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at yeah, you man. now. <laughs> look at you now. You got all those kids. You've gotten laid at least twice. All right, at least sexes. (laughs) Hey, yeah, Ethan, Ethan Wall. Where can people find the wrestling podcast that they listen to right now? Yeah, you can find Wrestling with Friends on Instagram and Twitter. Just search Wrestling with Friends, and you'll find us. And Dave, where can people find you to ask you about shirts and more information about the history of black wrestlers? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter as at Dave Cush, D-A-V-E-K-U-S-H. And on Instagram, it's the same thing, but it's Dave period Cush, D-A-V-E period K-U-S-H. That's right. And I am Sean Wrights uh, on all of social media, but just basically Twitter. And it's just all like protest stuff all the time so if that's your thing you can find me there um dave dave yeah will you sing the song yeah we're wrestling yeah wrestling, wrestling with friends. friends yeah who we wrestling with wrestling, wrestling with friends. friends yeah who we wrestling with wrestling, wrestling with friends, friends.